a story with me Love who you want to be, who you are Learn these lessons and we'll go far It's story time Story time Story time with Mama G Hello you gorgeous people It is Mama G here Back with another episode of the Story Time with Mama G podcast. Ooh, how has your week been? Tell me everything. What have you been up to? Uh huh. Oh, oh, that's exciting. Oh, very lovely. And have you been reading your books for the summer reading challenge? Marvelous. Now I. Did a session for the Summer Reading Challenge, did I, this week? No, I didn't. If I told you that I had, that would be a complete lie. Don't get me involved in your lies, young person. Um, no, but I did do a rather fabulous story time for a bookshop in Brentwood. I went online onto their Facebook page and I did a story time for Chicken and Frog Bookshop. Oh, they are marvellous people and um, had a really lovely time. So if you'd like to watch that, if you're feeling bereft of a story time with Mama G, then you can go to the Chicken and Frog Facebook page and scroll down to Tuesday the 3rd of August. Nope, Tuesday the 4th of August and you will find my story time there. I told... What stories did I tell? What stories did I tell, young man? I told... Uh, Twinkle Twinkle Little Roar and Eunice the Horse and Boom Bang Royal Meringue by Sally Doran and Rachel Saunders. I sang songs. We sang If You're Happy and You Know It. We sang the theme tune and I also sang a song called The Unicorn Song which is what the uh, the old legend of Eunice the Unicorn is based on. And I shall be singing live for the very first time today, Friday, the 7th of August. I will be singing it at uh, sort of around midday, I suppose, at the Warren Outdoor Season in Brighton, where I shall be performing on the beach. Oh, my goodness, I'm so excited in a theatre environment as well. And uh, and if you'd like to see me, in fact, you can come down tomorrow, the 8th of August. I shall be on at 10 a.m. And then I'll be back again on the 21st and 28th of August and the 11th to the 13th of September. Uh, the good people at the Warren, which is normally part of the Brighton Fringe, they've organised a whole six or seven weeks of non-stop entertainment. They've got lots of incredible people taking part and I am very honoured that I am able to take part as well. But enough about me. We can talk about me more later. I think it's time for a story. And this week's story is... Oh, it's a fairy's Fran and Vera, but it's a different fairy's Fran and Vera story. Oh, and very quickly, talking about Fran and Vera, if you have a look at my YouTube channel, my gorgeous friend Anushka Sutherland, who I've known since we first worked together at the Science Museum during the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy exhibition, my gorgeous friend Anushka Sutherland has illustrated the first fairy's Fran and Vera story, boy, oh boy. 
and I have narrated it and we've put a little video up on YouTube. But watch this space because there could be a book coming. Yes, there could. And I am very excited. But anyway, enough of that. It's time for some new Fairy Fran and Vera adventures. And this one is called The Fairies Fran and Vera. You're all welcome here. Fairyland, and this will come as no surprise, is the very land where fairies live their very fulfilling lives. One such fairy is Fabulous Fran. Oh, I don't suppose you've met her. She oozes glitter and magic, all right. She's fairy to the letter. She lives in a bower with a dower friend who goes by the name of Vera. In fact, Vile Vera is what she's called, and I'd suggest you don't go near her. Vera has a different approach to life in Fairyland. Instead of joy and magic, she has misery at hand. So give her a wide berth, I would, and let fabulous Fran be your friend. At least with Fran you know this story should have a happy end. Tut, 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 said Vera. Oh, no, 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 she was uttering. Reading the daily fairygraph had really got her muttering. Put that down and have some brekkie, said Fran. You'll feel much better for some porridge. I'm not in the mood for food. This newspaper has made me feel horrid. Have you read this headline? snarled Vera, selflessly holding back a sob. They'll have us all on the breadlines, giving that elf lot all the jobs. Fran shook her head and clenched her fist to hide her agitation, for she knew exactly what was coming, Vera's righteous indignation. And as if on cue, Vera stood up and said with placard in tow, I'm going to Fairy Towers to protest against the elves, to which Fran said a simple, No. With a wave of her wand, Fran sat Vera back down and tore her placard in two. Have you ever wondered why the elves want to come here? Well, tell me, Vera, have you? No, said Vera, looking resigned as Fran climbed up on her high horse. In fairyland, not just a saying, but a steed you need for discourse. Father Christmas has his elves work every day of the year, all for nearly no pay, and there's no way he lets them share our Christmas cheer. How would you like it if that was your life? Would you look for something better? Vera knew Fran was right and rolled her eyes, a visual, oh, get her. And they're not going to take our jobs. They're going to work where they're needed. So I say to every elf, you're welcome to Fairyland unimpeded. Vera forced a loud applause that caused the horse to whinny. Fran fell to the floor. At last, Vera thought, I've made her look a ninny. As fabulous Fran regained her poise and became fabulous once more, 
they were both surprised to hear a noise. Someone was banging at the door. The knock was naughty and followed by laughter. Someone was having fun. Do it again, the fairies heard. Could there be more than one? Knock, laughter, knock, laughter. This went on for a pretty minute. Will someone please just let us in? First, said Vera, who is it? It's silly Billy, Fran smiled. Oh, vile Vera, do let's let him in. She went to the door and there she saw Billy and his friend, the goblin. Vera screamed, get that thing out of my sight. They're an absolute disgrace. She started to pace and from her wand, sparks hit the goblin's face. Sparks were flying, the goblin was crying, trying not to get hit on the bum. What's all this? This is making me wish I'd decided not to come. Vile Vera earned her name and the bower was in disarray. All because she had let her hate, let common sense get knocked away. What's your problem? What's a goblin ever done to you? asked Fran. Nothing yet, but you can bet they should be got rid of if you can. You know what they're like, the daily fairy graph tells you. Goblins start wars and all sorts. So, you're sure we're all like that? asked the goblin, when we're mostly just good sports. And besides, you attacked me for no reason I can see, apart from believing what somebody else wants you to believe about me. Vera had never thought about it like that. Could it be she was wrong? Even she was beginning to see that stories could have two sides all along. Fran looked around. The place was a mess and they'd not had breakfast yet. Well, Vera, you've learnt two lessons already today and you've not even buttered your baguette. Now, adventures like these tend to come in threes, so you'll venture with you one more. And would you believe it, it happened the minute they stepped outside the door. The group stumbled upon an elderly sprite who was a little down on his luck. Serves him right, declared Vera contritely. The sprite replied, Have a art, Doc. Then with a click of his fingers and before their very eyes, the sprite turned Vera into an actual duck, and no one was surprised. Oh, she had that coming, said Fran. Billy and the goblin had to agree. Well, piped up the sprite, I'm tired of fairies trying to belittle me. After all, I'm a kind of fairy too, just not the same kind of fairy as the two of you. My mum and dad left Sprite Town looking for a better life. And I was born in Fairyland, free from Sprite Town strife. I grew up here, I know nothing else, so I was upset to find. The Fairy Council and Fairy Tower are trying to get rid of my kind. They want me gone, I have no choice. There must be something you can do. I have nothing to say that I can stay. So I have no voice like all of you. Oh, we must do something, said Fran. This is a load of twaddle. But Vera walked away with an angry crack, and she picked up quite a waddle. They all followed Vera, letting her guide, which was silly when you think. Ducks can float on water, but the rest of them would sink. Vile Vera paddled along, stopping for things to chew. You can't be that hungry, said Fran. I wish I knew what you were up to. Tired, bedraggled, forlorn and wet, they arrived before a tower. Not the one where Rapunzel lives but the fairy seat of power.
They looked up at Fairy Tower and wondered what to do. But before they knew it, Vera flew up it and then began to poo. It went everywhere and covered the tower and really began to smell. Quick, said Fran, we need a trick, a duck to fairy spell. She waved her wand and with a little glitter, Vera went from fowl to fairy. Vera looked confused and then amused. Then they all laughed and got quite leery. They stopped and watched the fairy council fly away, all covered in muck. I don't know what their problem is, said Fran. In some places that's good luck. I did that for every elf, goblin and sprite, said Vera, to send this message clear. Fairyland is a wonderful place and you're all very welcome here. But why? We thought you hated us, said the goblin and the sprite. I did, but now I see. I really wasn't right. I'm lucky to live in a land where everyone can be free. And if you're happy, I'm happy. Isn't that how it should be? The group smiled. Fran forced a hug and gave them all a squeeze. <sighs> oh, the world really is a better place when you've got friends like these. The end. Isn't that a fun story? And it's got a very important message too. The reason I wrote that story is A, because I really like Fran and Vera. I think they're really fun characters. But B, it's because at the time that I wrote it, uh, we just discovered that a lot of people who are from the Windrush generation or were born in this country because their parents were part of the Windrush generation were being asked by the British government to go back to, and I'm saying this in air quotes, to go back to where they'd come from. And of course, the problem with that is that a lot of people who were being told to go back to where they'd come from actually came from the UK. But because their parents had come over on the Windrush, they didn't have any documentation to say that they were actually British citizens and it was a huge scandal and it affected me quite deeply. It made me feel very confused and actually like I'm going to say it sounds dramatic but it made me feel quite ill because I couldn't believe that I lived in a country that was causing such a big injustice to thousands of people and one of the reasons that I got upset is because of what Windrush is. Or was, of course. Windrush was a boat that brought lots and lots and lots and lots of Jamaicans over to this country, to the UK, with the promise of a better life. And they were all told they were going to get jobs and they were going to earn lots of money and their lives were going to be wonderful. And, of course, the jobs they got weren't uh, incredible jobs, but they were very happy to do them. Um, they became uh, bus drivers, cleaners, things like that. And, I mean, the bus driver situation is a whole nother issue because a lot of them face a lot of racism whilst they were on the buses. So they were, but they were brought to this country because we had jobs to fill and we just didn't bother to sort out the documentation. And then a couple of years ago, 
the government decided to get or try to get rid of all these people. And it was an incredibly distressing time for those families. And it was an incredibly distressing thing to observe because it it made no sense to me. And I thought we lived in a an open country and I was desperately sad about that. So I wrote that story to try and explain to myself and to other people why it is so important that countries are diverse and countries welcome people from other countries because anybody who is not us in some way enriches our life and informs who we become. So, and that's even anybody who's not us. So another human being who's simply not me informs who I become. Every interaction, every person we meet helps us become the person that we are. And I think we owe it to all of those people to allow themselves to be who they are and lead the lives that they were given by us. Oh my goodness, oh, it's making me angry all over again. And that was all, you know, through Brexit as well. That was a funny time, wasn't it? And look where we are now, my goodness. But enough about that. I, before I do the book of the week, though, I, I would very quickly just like to talk upon one other subject, which is, I'm afraid, again, a little bit um, negative. But there is a positive result to this. It's that, as I'm recording this, it's the 6th of August, 2020, which means it is exactly a year since I thought my life was being turned upside down. Now, this day last year in 2019, um, I got a tweet when I was on Twitter. And this is the reason I'm not on Twitter anymore, my darlings. I got a tweet from someone saying that they thought that the way I told my stories was disgusting. And they thought I shouldn't be telling these stories and that I was influencing young minds in a terrible, terrible way and they were not happy. And it turns out that um, news spreads around Twitter very fast. And a lot of other people were very unhappy with what I was doing. And of course, they were unhappy with the message. They didn't think that people, especially young people like yourselves listening, they didn't, unless you're my parents, in, they're very old, you see, uh, young people shouldn't be told that you can love who you want and that you can be who you are. And of course, it's vital that we tell young people that they can be who they are and love who they want, because that will develop mutual respect amongst each other so that when they become adults, we won't they won't have to teach that to younger generations. <sighs> anyway, it became quite a big ordeal. It was very stressful and very distressing. And I thought all the good work I'd done, I thought it was all being thrown into the sea. And what upset me the most was that I really, really try to be a positive role model for people who come and see my performances and read my stories. And I know that there are probably a lot of young people who read my stories and listen to what I say and know that it's okay to be themselves. And I want to give those people hope. And I also want people who don't identify with my stories, but I want them to understand that some people will and that those people deserve and have the right to be treated with respect. But these 
the nasty people who came for me, they were saying some dreadful things and I was so anxious that my audience were going to see these things and it was going to undo all my work and my audience were going to think, oh, of course, Namaji's barking up the wrong tree here. What were we thinking? Um, but the positive is that a year down the line, this year I had plans to go to Glastonbury, I was going to be at the Edinburgh International Book Festival, I was going to do my show in the West End, I've been to lots and lots of libraries, I've hopefully got a new book coming out, tomorrow I go down to Brighton and I start a show. You know, so long as you're confident in who you are, and so long as you believe in what you're doing, the right thing will happen, and the right thing has happened. And I have carried on being able to spread my message and share it with all of you. And I am very grateful to every single one of you who is listening, has listened, has come to see me, and who has taken that message and spread it around the rest of the world. So thank you very much. But now, I think it's time for the Book of the Week. This week's Book of the Week was sent to me by my lovely friends at uh, Anderson Press. You know I do love an Anderson Press book. And it is uh, written and illustrated by two of my favourite authors. And I believe only one of them is an illustrator. Um, and it is called Slug Needs a Hug. Have you heard of it? It's a really delicious book. It's uh, written by Jean Willis, who is the author of one of my top favourite books ever, Frocodile, which some of you have probably seen me read at my story times. Frocodile is the story of a crocodile who discovers a dress and it changes his life. And Jean Willis has a very, very naughty sense of humour. Her books are absolutely delightful. I read another one Another one, another one of her books of one of my Facebook lives. It's about a, a tadpole. It's called Tadpole's Promise. It was a very marvellous book too. But Slug Needs a Hug is about a baby slug and a mummy slug. And all baby slug desperately wants from mummy is a hug. But of course, mummy hug, uh, mummy hug, mummy slug is not forthcoming with the hugs, and this upsets Baby greatly. So, he goes on a bit of a quest to try and find out what makes other animal parents hug their children. So, uh, the Baby Slug goes and meets a um, all sorts of things. A, a cow, a goat, a fox, a butterfly, a pig. Uh, it's very delightful, all the animals that the Slug meets and tries to become each of the animals so that when he goes back to his mum, she'll desperately want to give him a hug. Now, he still doesn't get a hug, but he does discover who he is. Now, who can guess why Slug doesn't get a hug? I didn't even occur to me until the end of the book, and I'm not going to tell you why, because what I want you to do is I want you to go out and buy the book or get it from your library because it is, oh, pardon me, so much fun. And I should have told you that it's illustrated by Tony Ross, 
who illustrates and writes the Little Princess series, which you all know I'm also a fan of. So this is a rather marvellous book. It's called Slug Needs a Hug. It's published by Anderson Press and it is by Gene Willis and Tony Ross. So go and look it up. Well, my darlings, that is all I have time for, I know. It's devastating having to say goodbye like this every week, but I'm very, very busy this week. You will be very, very pleased to know I am busy with Zoom story times. Am I coming to your local library via the medium of Zoom? Let us find out. Let me just open my diary at the right page and tell you. On Monday the 10th of August, which also happens to be my birthday, I will be um, appearing via Zoom for Swindon Libraries at 2pm. Uh, on Tuesday the 11th of August, I will be with Dorset Libraries via Zoom at 10.30 and on Zooming to Redbridge Libraries at 2pm. And then on the Wednesday the 12th, I will be uh, doing a Zoom for Croydon Libraries at 2pm. And on Thursday the 13th, I will be Zooming with Luton Libraries at 11am and Stockton Libraries at 2pm. Now, the good thing about Zoom is I would not be able to go to Swindon, Dorset, Redbridge, Croydon, Luton and Stockton all in one week and sometimes on the same day. That would be a nightmare. Without Zoom, I would be a very tired feat. Uh, and then, on the 15th, all the way through to the 22nd of August, I am helping to host Gravesham and Medway Virtual Pride. Now, they've got an incredible lineup of acts planned, uh, including me. I'll be doing stories as well and uh, singing a few songs and making myself known, as well as introducing uh, as many of the acts as I possibly can. It's running from the 15th of August to the 22nd. Um, over the weekends, they've got a full days of events. And then during the week, they've got some evening events. Um, they've got a whole range. They've got drag queens. They've got panel discussions. They've got a boxing promoter. They've got lots of bands. They've got some speakers. It's going to be an incredible event. And I'm very touched to have been involved because, as some of you all know, Gravesend, bleh, Gravesend, even though I can't say it, has a very special place in my heart because that is where I do pantomime. And I love visiting Gravesend and I love the people. And also, Medway has a very special place in my heart because that is where my paternal family come from. They come from a town called Chatham. And we still have a little bit of family around that area. And um, uh, Chatham is a, is a very romantic place in my mind. I have been there. I know it's not. But uh, there is a quality of romance about it, I think, from uh, hearing my great-granddad and my uh, great-aunt and my grandmother talking about what life was like for them in Chatham. And, and also, I consider it very Dickensian. And I always think there's a great romantic quality about Dickens. Because when I was little, my gran showed me a film called Great Expectations, a black and white film. And I was blooming terrified of one of the characters. And she showed it to me because my great aunt and my gran, they went and watched it being filmed on the marshes near where they lived. Isn't that exciting? And this is a film from like the probably the 
thirties or forties. Trying to work out how old they would be. Well, my gran was definitely alive during the Second World War. So it must have been probably the thirties. Because I don't imagine they'd have filmed on marshes during the war. Because uh, that would have been on the Thames estuary. And they would have probably got hit by things. So... Um, gosh, I waffled on then. And don't forget, you can also come and see me in Brighton, live and in person at the Fantastic The Warren outdoor season. Um, I am there. If you're listening to this very early on Friday the 7th of August, I am going to be there at 11.30am this morning. And then I will be back again on the 8th of August at 10 o'clock. And following that, I'll be there the 21st and the 28th of August, and then the 11th through to the 13th of August. And I really hope you can pop along and see me, because I cannot wait to see you all. Thank you so much for joining me. I will see you all next week. Bye! It's story time with Mama G. Come and hear a story with me. Love who you want to be, who you are. Learn these lessons and we'll go far It's story time Story time Story time